Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 27. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So it's another week. It's another episode of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Also, thank you very much for all of the feedback, some of the reviews that people have been giving me. Um, Thanks for emailing them. But if you could, and if you are listening to this, please just jump over to iTunes and also put them on there because that's where it makes a difference. We've got a great guest this week called Roger Masterson. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's a great friend of mine. He is also known as The Castle Man and is the founder of Celtic Castles, an award-winning online castle booking company, which we're going to find a lot more about during this interview. It was really great to catch up with him. We um, caught up on so many things. He is a guy who I hold in a huge amount of respect for, and I am really looking forward to you hearing this interview. You. He shares some real golden gems and golden nuggets of information. So let's get started and I will catch you on the end of the show. Hi, Roger. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, no, it's an absolute privilege, my friend. And as we were saying just before the um, post, post record, that I was listening to a, a, rec- a recording of an episode that Roger did for my first attempt of a podcast show that did not last very long, I have to say. Not the interview, the actual show itself. But um, I am really, really happy to have you on the show. And what I'd love you to do is share with the audience how you got here, your journey through that adventure that is entrepreneurship. Oh, my goodness, Jeff. Um, I'm going to probably start you um, when I was 10 years old, and I will go quickly, but... Um... <laughs> I was going to say, is it, all right, I'm going to switch the timer off now, cross my legs and just have me tea while you go off. I'll get 40 years condensed into a very short space of time. Um, I, uh, I started working at 10 illegally, I suppose, um, if we looked at today's stats of starting you know, at 13 years old or 16, depending on what you're doing. But uh, I used to serve petrol when petrol wasn't self-service in the local village garage. And um, what I very quickly picked up was if I did a little bit extra for these uh, motorists coming through, like check their oil, clean their windscreen, check their tires or whatever that might be, I started to get a few tips. And um, I realized that if I did a little bit more, I got a lot more back. Um, That then lent itself to a window cleaning round, which I developed. And again, I used exactly the same principle. And I didn't just clean inside. I got to clean it out, or rather, not just outside, but inside as well. And uh, the tips kept kept flowing. And uh, also then a uh, local building company built 53 bungalows uh, beside where we lived. And uh, very quickly, I mobilized my friends. We got a few pitchforks and we all became landscape designers. And uh, we got into their gardens and started turning it all over and earned a fair bit of money doing that. But I really needed to get a proper job. And as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm from Belfast. Um, And uh, what I wanted to do was uh, to go into retail. So I was able to get a young management training position with Marks and Spencer. That took me away from Ireland, um, and I started off in South Wales and worked with them for 
um, just over six years, opening up new stores on the commercial side um, and, uh, you know, developing retail management skills. I ended up in Aberdeen doing a food development up there after opening a store in Southern Ireland. So I did get back onto the island for a while. Um, but then <laughs> thought they were going to be moving moving me back down to London. I thought, no, I quite like Scotland. So I went for another job interview and I ended up in publishing of all places and started to work for the regional press. And uh, very quickly uh, found that um, they quite liked the creativity that I was developing within the organization and got into new product development, the commercial side of uh, sales, advertising, etc., and started to support a lot of teams in the organization. And uh, the internet then came along and I uh, got all the editors all around the country together and said, we need to change our thinking. This is going to change the world. And they all said, no, it's not. Everybody's still going to buy newspapers. And as we know now, Jeff, the world has changed a lot. so I got involved with that at a very, very early stage, learned how to develop traffic through websites, built a couple of very big portals. And um, I then saw an advert in the uh, London Times. And it was an advert for a company called Crofts and Castles. And I thought, hmm, I like to stay in unusual places. So I sent off for this brochure. And in fact, I still have it today. It was a little A5 booklet, beautifully presented but there were no crofts in it. And a croft is, you know, a little stone cottage with a thatched roof. Uh, And there were two castles in it. And uh, to be honest, Jeff, you wouldn't really want to have gone to stay in them. But I did start asking the question, how would somebody find a castle to stay in? And um, I spent 18 months trawling every region of Scotland, getting, you know, umpteen brochures sent through. And I found four castles that had the money to advertise within these products. So we got their, uh, we got their leaflets. Some of them did have proper uh, marketing material, but not many. Uh, and we put history on the internet. We put a booking form and a little bit of information about the castles and put them on one of these high traffic sites that we developed. And literally within a couple of hours, a chap in New York filled a form in and we thought, hmm, what do we do now? So I just, <laughs> I just picked the phone up, phoned this particular castle, got the details that the client was looking for and emailed it back. And ping, on the way back came another email with all his credit card details. And we just thought, shit, what do we do now? So from there, I gave him another call. We put it on a fax and we gave the details over the phone and just said, um, normal agent's commission. And he said, yeah, fine. And we put the phone down and wondered what that was. And that was the start. That was the start of Celtic Castles. Wow. That's, a, that's an amazing story. That's really so, an amazing story. No, in, indeed. And, and I think I, I've been very, very fortunate to get involved in lots of different things through my, my corporate career. And then when I went out on my own, um, but, you know, just by having a go, even if we didn't know what the end result was going to be, has proved so many times to generate a result that we've then been able to build a business out of. Yeah. And actually, you bring, you bring a really good point is because, you know, not only is it the fact that you say you can only like do that without necessarily knowing the solution. So many businesses 
whether it be you know many employees or whether it just be on their own is they wait until it's that perfect or they believe it's that perfect moment and oh, I, I, absolutely jeff i mean perfectionists are great yeah. um, <clears throat> i often say 80 percent is more than enough yeah. and i'll actually have a go at 40 percent with a lot of stuff just to trial it and see what happens yeah, yeah. And do you think that that is a, a big thing that stops businesses from being the success that they are because they are not, because that perfectionism bit, they they don't want to get it out there because they don't want to ruin their brand. But at the same time, the fact that they're not getting it out there is not giving them any money to generate. I think even more so today. I mean, you know, mm. business moves so quickly. Um, you, you've got to get out there. You've got to test it. You've got to modify it with the results that you get back. And, and the sooner you get it out there, the better. I think in business, you need perfectionists, but not at the entrepreneurial start stage because that does stifle getting yeah. it into the marketplace yeah. without doubt. Yeah. I know it certainly stifled me. I mean, I'm a recovering perfectionist. You'd be glad to know, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, but it is it's one of those things where you, you you're in such a it's like a double-edged sword at that moment you just feel it's like such a double-edged sword because you don't want the product to be rubbish yes. but at the same time which of course you you don't want that but your if you're a perfectionist your idea of rubbish is very different to what it probably is to the buyer no, no, absolutely. But I also think, and you you get this through experience. When you do something and you think it is good, even if it's at 80%, when you look back a year later, you look at it and you think, that was pants. How did <laughs> yeah, you get away with doing that? Because <laughs> you moved on so much. Yeah. 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 So with you being sort of a serial entrepreneur, but also someone that um, helps mentors and other, other businesses, what do you find are the other biggest challenges that you have either come across in your own um, business journey or in companies that you support? I think there, there are lots of <clears throat> different issues that crop up at, at different times. Okay. Um, I, I, as an entrepreneur, um, I've got a very sort of creative mindset. So I, I, everything I see, um, I think, gosh, there's an opportunity there, which mm. is a bit of Achilles heel as well, because you know, from that point of view, you know, you think you can do everything and you've got to actually stop and say, right, what are we trying to create here? Who is the audience? And if we do produce this, with, will an audience uh, respond to what has been created? Mm. Um, and I think at the start, a lot of people have these ideas. And, and number one is we've got this perfectionist thing, but a lot of people have the idea and never then get it off the blocks yeah. um, because they're potentially overthinking it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, when you started this, the the cattle business is mm. what I suppose is the one thing you you were inspired by the fact that you saw this this book, this small book, and the fact that it had very few castles and crofts in, as the brand said. Um, but what then for you inspired you to do more? Because you know we've known each other for for a fair fair few years now. And it's, yes. it's amazing how that seems to be picking up momentum. Mm. I think I just kept asking this question, how would somebody find a castle? And as soon as we made that first sale, and then for the four months after that, we'd given these four castles more business than they'd ever seen. 
um, we just thought we've got something here. There's definitely a market, and you know we were just sort of putting our toe in in, in this sector. I mean, I have no background in hospitality at all. Mm. My background is service. Um, so from that point of view, if we could service those customers and provide them with an, a, you know, a, an amazing level of information mm. and get their sales turned around quickly, we, we had something. <clears throat> but I also recognized at the time that the travel agent market and the internet, you know, was going to disrupt what was going on. So, you know, we said, we're not going to put money on top of, of what the castle charge. We're going to be the quickest back with the information. We're going to get to know these castles inside out. And then we went and stayed in them and we really got to know them so we could share this. But as you can probably hear in my voice, the passion then comes through. Yeah. Um, because I truly believe, you know, everybody at least once in their life should stay in a castle. Um, and what we find is that most people didn't realize you could stay in a castle. Um, but we, we see this as a two-way street. Um, and once you've got a market that you can you know, engage with an audience, it starts to open up er other areas because the owners of these castles also need support in so many different ways. So, you know, we started to learn about hospitality from a non-hospitality background. So that's a fresh pair of eyes in a new market, which starts to challenge the status quo. Yeah. And strangely enough, when we first met, is, is for me, it was, it, was, it was one of those things that had to be. Because I've mm -hmm. always had in my head, and we've talked about this many a times as we've had our meetings up in the Dales, um, yes. was that... I'm, I'm a huge one on environment and having that, having, for me, it wasn't the fact of staying there as a holiday, which much to the disappointment of my wife and children, but it was <laughs> to, it was to, to hold like a, a um, one of the platinum events that I do in, yes. in the castle, because the whole idea of having this thing that has stood such this test of time and is beautifully furnished and, you know, you get some of the castles that you've got on that um, that I've seen on on your site are just unbelievable, and it's you just wouldn't want to leave because mm. they're just they're just such a special. There is there is something, and maybe it's the child, the, ch the inner child in me that just goes, "It's a frigging castle for God's sake!" Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. no, but and it's that sort of thing. And I suppose is do you find that there's it's an international attraction, or is it uh, what sort of attract uh, sort of customer base do you get from that? Well, at the start, our whole focus was this was going to be an internet business, mm. um, and we, we we have an international audience. But when we started, ninety six percent of our audience were from the US. They just lapped yeah. up the history. They'd find a channel that could access this, and, and we find a platform to present this this to an amazing client base. Yeah. But as time's gone on, and, and everybody then got connected to the internet then um, you know, we, we have become totally international. Um, we have a strong English-speaking internet audience, but we're also into Australasia, um, the Far East, uh, Russia and China. So we do cover all bases. And those all bring their separate challenges because you've got to work with different cultures. Mm. But um, it's been fascinating just wa watching how our whole communication pattern has changed in those 20 years. Um, one of the interesting issues we have in the business now is the number of emails it takes to convert. And um, with mobile devices, people don't read stuff anymore and they send one-liners to you. So yeah. per, per inquiry, our email has gone up sixfold. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and so when you are doing that, so not only are you getting the clients coming over, do you do you specialize in castles solely in the UK and and Southern Ireland, or is it is are they are there castles in Europe as well that you do? We specialise in the UK and, and Ireland, okay. um, and we have a number of chateaus in France. Um, we, we've looked at different models to see how we could develop in other European sectors, but um, one of the, the brands that we have within the business is uh, the Castleman, um, and um, the the way I see the business is you need expertise on the ground to know these properties and know the owners who run them so that when we're talking with clients, we can then advise them or know exactly which properties to, to recommend for events or experiences that they're looking for. And I, I personally believe the max that you can have in your head is probably about 120 when you're servicing, you know, the level of clients that, that, that we do. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> If we were looking at going forward, we'd be looking for more experts in different parts of the world. Mm. Okay, okay, and it, but it, but it's got it. it so I guess you, you either you or your 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 employees go to these locations, get to stay, get a feel for them, and then when someone rings up to the inquiry, you have got someone who's also experienced that to be able to recommend them different places. Is that how it uh, works? Uh, absolutely, Jeff. I mean, first of all, they may find us on the internet and do a search and see all the images and, and get a feel for the property that way. Um, it may come through referral because they've had an experience or whatever. And I think one of our objectives as a business is if anybody in the world says, oh, I quite fancy staying in the castle, we just want two replies. You've got to have a look at the Celtic Castle's website or you've got to speak to the castle man. Um, yep. But our team go on holiday in them. We all holiday in them at different times. Um, we do visit on a regular basis. I do quite a lot of work with a number of the owners behind the scenes as well, supporting what they're trying to achieve. Um, and we cover everything from a hotel bedroom in a castle uh, to a self-catering castle where you know you would do your own cooking, but it could be a family or friends event, um, mm. to an exclusive use where there's a chef and staff in there. And then um, there are events on top of that. So that could be weddings, conferences, et cetera, depending on the type of castle and the size. And, and they mm -hmm. sort of start from they'll sleep, you know, three or four people up yeah. to, you know, 200 people. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's one of, the, it's one of the, the great things with knowing you is, is because, you know, you talk about yourself being a disruptor and, and you do things your way. And that's okay. the way that, and so you should, because that's what makes, you know, Celtic Castles unique is mm -hmm. it's, it's the culmination of your experience merged together. And then, okay, that's, that's what we do is how beneficial do you think it is? I mean, we kind of like looked at this at the beginning to have that courage to be the disruptor in, you know, maybe you don't have the, the necessary passion to look at all loads of different opportunities but within your business scope is how, how important do you think it is to have that sort of the courageous disruptor type attitude? I, I think you've got to challenge. Any business leader has to look at stuff and identify opportunities. And I've probably done that most of my life. I've never been happy to accept, you know, this is the way it happens. I, I can remember in the publishing world, um, I worked with a chap who kept saying, well, we've always done it like this. And he said it for six months. 
And then he suddenly realized that that was not the right answer. Um, But just by him changing that thought process, it actually transformed his life. Mm. He was 55 at the time. He suddenly started to go out. He ended up finding a partner and got married. Um, And and just by changing that mindset, that transformed his life. Um, So... I think it's important to niche down and and find something that you can build. And there are plenty of niches and opportunities out there. But mine came from this bad experience. Mm. Um, And I just started to ask the question. And I suppose what I I would say to anybody, if you ask the right questions and enough questions, you'll start to get answers that start to make sense and fit in with what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. No. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, completely. As you know, as you you indulge me with your wisdom, Roger. Uh, well, you do you do yours as well with me. <laughs> well, it's like one of the things is is when I, I do my meetings now completely different since we started to do our sort of get-togethers longer than the average meeting, but yes. so much so much different. And one of the things Roger and I do is we we meet probably a couple three three, four times, we're trying to get four times in this year, um, where we meet and we go for a walk in the Yorkshire Dales or we find somewhere interesting to go. Generally, it kills me, but (laughs) because because Roger's just way, way too fit. But it is is one of those things, because we get out and I guess we're changing the scenery to some extent, we we can really have some really... um, transformative certainly for me i hope for the same for you is we can have some no, transformative does, yeah. conversations <clears throat> yeah. and it's 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 lovely to have that different like oh let's let's forget about the typical coffee you know cafe let's yes. let's go up in the damn cold or sometimes lovely weather with most actually we've been quite lucky um yeah. but you know in in a, in a scenery and you you get to do your hobby and i get to do my hobby which is chat um yeah. you know it's it's an amazing thing so it's 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 it is sometimes to do things differently just because everyone else says to do it one way. Yeah, that's when you've got to break the mold, isn't it? Well, do you know what's fascinating, Jeff? Do you know why I started to do that? <clears throat> um, oh. I wanted to learn how accountants ran businesses. So uh, what I did was mm-hmm. every quarter <clears throat> I said to my accountant, I said, "Let's go for a walk." Yeah. And what what he either did or didn't re- realize at the time was <clears throat> instead of me paying. Pr- paying him per hour Mm. it cost me a lunch but I Mm. got eight hours of walking with him and talking Mm. and Mm. you know understanding how businesses operate from an accountant's perspective so I did that four times a year and I learned so much on that walk that that helps me in my day job yeah well but I think that that's the interesting thing is is because when you do something like that you are you are pulling people out of well in some aspects, their comfort, their comfort environment. Yes. And when they are walking, because there's the movement and, you know, nature and everything else, hell of a lot of sheep, but nature and everything else is you, you naturally think differently. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. that's what, that's what I love. I'm, I'm, you know, and I think is, is that, you know, quite often I've done a few meetings where we've gone along the coast with some of my clients when we're talking about brainstorming sessions or, creativity it stems from the idea that we had to do yeah. it and it, it's amazing what can come out of people because they just feel completely liberated well, we're, we're back to we're back, yeah we're back to castles if you take people into a different yeah. environment yeah and what i what i love about the deals is nobody's got a phone reception when you're up in the hills 
to so there are yeah. no distractions you no. can focus exactly on yeah. stuff that you want to discuss yeah no brilliant brilliant a sheer a sheer glimpse of genius folks but, because, but, but um, it I've is really, also that that different thought process it is no absolutely well that's, i think that's the thing is because I mean, from a from a childhood point of view, I love the castles, and every time we go somewhere, there's a castle somewhere. Yes. Um, and I and I and I love that, and I also love walking by rivers because mm-hmm. for me, I don't know, it's just it's just something that I enjoy doing. It's but tranquil. It's, yeah, it is, and it's yeah. and it's you know, and it and it it's just one of those things that just gets you to go, oh, thank God, I'm I'm talking about stuff that I love, but just not in the traditional place. And that is, I love that shift because there'll be people who go, look, I can't take a day out. And it's like, that's fine. You know, I couldn't do it every week. Yes. But to actually do it sometimes and just to do something different rather than the normal boring self, is a, you've got to sometimes disrupt the normal pattern to change. Indeed, and I think that's, that's the amazing things that I get from that. And I always come out with, when I'm driving home, I'm literally dictating stuff that I've thought of. Yeah, majority of the journey because it's it's that it's just all of a sudden free flowing and it's mm. you know it's it's really really cool indeed i mean another wee thing jeff is just in team meetings don't let people sit in the same seat yeah absolutely get, get yeah. them to view the room in a different different way it creates yeah. energy yeah, yeah, yeah it's normally what i'm i can't remember who told me that but i remember when we when we broke for a break and we went into another one we always used to say okay change your seats because yeah. as you say, it changes perspective, and they yeah. don't, they don't, they don't get comfortable. It's not necessarily get well. They don't get too comfortable with how they acted the day before, or they acted the morning before, because they're just exactly. in a different situation. So yeah. It, it's, yeah, it really does work. So thank you very much for sharing all of that. Um, that Roger, that was brilliant. That's um, we've come forty years in quite succinctly. I we think. did. We have. I thought you've done very, very well. I don't <laughs> think I could do it so well. I have to say. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's go to the second half of the show where I ask okay. you the questions. So it gives me a chance to see what common threads flow through my um, my guests' answers. Okay. So um, number one is how much time a week do you spend on self-development? Do you know, that's, that's quite a difficult one for me because I, it's not something that I would consciously measure. Um, and I think it comes in, in so many different ways because I I do a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. Um, I do a lot of research on the web. Um, I, I get a lot from meeting new people as well and exploring their businesses. I learn a lot from that, Mm. but if I was to put a figure on it, I would probably say it was an hour a day. So seven hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, To be honest, I think um, I don't think I've met anyone, especially the people, the types of people that I interview, that have been able to answer that answer that without it being a bit of a challenge. Yeah, and and yeah. I, you know, and I say, probably say this on every episode. So if I've said it last episode, forgive me, but that's it demonstrates how important these people think um, of their development. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, if you, if you if you only want to to experience mediocrity, just stay where you are. You don't need yeah. to. You don't learn anything. If you want to be exceptional and achieve exceptional things to you, you got to yeah. do the work. Yeah, I, I think it's also quite interesting that I, I never see myself as ever stopping to learn. But I've mm-hmm. also, in my personal life, then learned new skills. 
So, you know, I had a midlife crisis and learned how to ride a motorbike. That's opened up a huge area in my life. Um, I want to develop my photography skills. So I've gone and learned how to use an SLR camera properly and and stuff like that. So it's not just about business. This learning is just about constant stuff in life because it gives you energy and creativity yeah and i think actually that's another good thing is is it's um it's i think there's an important element where it's not just the work that Mm -hmm. you develop on i think it's important to have other other things that you enjoy and that you're passionate about because you know i love my job i wake up in the morning and i can't wait to get started and i'm very very fortunate to be in that and i understand that but it's also to look at other things and and to to sample and experiment and and to enjoy those things because that's really what gives you the spice of life absolutely it's, you know it's not just although i've probably got over 2000 personal development books is you know <laughs> it's it's i i enjoy loads of different things i'm yeah. currently reading chinese philosophy and um plato you know yeah. and when i kind of like sit there and think about what i was like at school Honestly, my teachers were turning, you know, turning their graves because it's like, hang on, Jeff's doing what? Because that's just not what I used to be like. And I think it's just when you get that passion to learn. And also it brings in, like you say, it brings in amazing different perspectives from different things that really does nurture that creativity in you. No, indeed. I mean, uh, you'll know about um, my dyslexia. Uh, Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I suffered a lot uh, in school. I wasn't yeah. academic at all. Um, but what I hadn't realized until I was 27 that I had this creative flair. Yeah. Um, and um, it was only when I started uh, running my own business that I started to read these books. And mm. uh, I just devour them now because yeah. it's that you know development, that learning, et cetera, that looking for new ideas. And, yeah. and I've turned that totally on its head. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm the, the dyslexic type as well, and it's a challenge yeah. when you're a kid, but there's no limitations when you get older. No, absolutely. You know, you're not in off. fact, it has lots of benefits. Oh, massive! Yeah, massive, yeah. massive. Okay, so question number two is: is what is your favorite personal development book, and why? Okay. Now, personal development means growth. It doesn't okay. necessarily mean the Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield type books. Okay. Um, well. It's very, I mean, I, like you, have um, a lot of books, um, which I love reading, go back and read again, mm. highlight, etc. And, and I was just thinking through what are the ones that have really stood out. And I know you're looking for one book, and I will bring to one book. But the one thing um, by Gary Keller is a brilliant uh, book for productivity. Mm. Um, when I was going through a hard time losing a business, you'd mentioned Anthony Robbins, The Giant Within, was, yes. was superb at that time. And his other book, Unlimited Power, mm. you know, really good reads. I don't think you need to go on a course, but the books are really, really valuable. Yeah. Jack Canfield, you mentioned, The Success Principles, is yeah. a fantastic book to dip in and out and, and, and be inspired. But if I was to pick one book, mm-hmm. um, it's Simon uh, Sinek. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Start with the why. Um, I love his stuff. And actually, some of the recent stuff that he's doing, I don't know whether you've seen it on on social, Mm. um, when he's talking about, you know, the use of phones and technology, etc. He's just he's just seeing stuff in the world that we all need to wake up to. Yes. Yeah. But 
his, his key there for me, it's mission, purposes, and values, um, which many companies don't have. Um, and, you know, ask your question, why does your company exist? And why do you get out of bed every every morning? Yeah, no, that, that's brilliant. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and if you don't know who Simon Sinek is, where have you been? Um, <laughs> but also check out his TED Talk, because yeah. I think that talk really put him on the map. Um, for that sort of thing. I don't think many people knew about them until that TED talk, Yeah, but it completely changed the way I looked at things as well. No, indeed. And that's, that's part of personal development as well. I mean, I hadn't said yeah. that watching TED talks. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So question number three is what is your favorite app? As I know you're a techie. I'm a techie, yes. And I understand technology. I'm not big into apps. Um, because of my photography, I really enjoy one called 500px, where I can put my own stuff up there and get feedback. And there's quite a few of these out in the marketplace. Okay. Um, I'm also getting into Instagram at the moment and trying to understand how do we you know, gain leverage in there. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm playing with that at the moment. Okay. But I think I tend to find most apps take up too much time and don't give enough room. Yeah, you've got, you've got, to, be, you've got to really control yourself because you can yeah. be consumed by... Totally. Totally. playing like snapchat and i don't get snapchat i'll be honest maybe yeah. i'm just too old as my kids say but yeah. um i don't i don't grasp that but yeah. yeah you can you can get lost you've got to have a strategy to it or else without a doubt completely yeah lost. without a doubt okay so question number four is what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you i've had loads of these jeff <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest one? Oh, well, I suppose maybe my biggest one is is it, it, it caused the loss of a business. Um, <clears throat> sadly, a fellow director passed away, and he and I looked after different elements of the business. Um, and what I didn't do was leave what I was doing and go in and run his area of the business. I left it to the team that was there, okay. and the team didn't have the skills uh, to manage, you know, the the sales basically at the end of, of what was happening within the business. And when I did go in to get involved, um, I got a bit of a shock because it turned out that as a director, <clears throat> the business then traded insolvently with where we were sitting and I had to close it down okay. and go through the pain of two years closing this business down. And of mm -hmm. course, none of them wanted to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. So a very negative experience. But actually, when I look back, yeah, two years of hell. But what, what I learned in those two years was phenomenal. And if anybody ever asked me to close any large business down now, mm. I wouldn't have any problems at all. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Yeah. part of the time, but huge learning. Yeah. Well, it's sometimes our biggest mistakes are our, our best mistakes, our best Indeed. learning experiences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Question number <clears throat> five is what are your challenges in balancing work and life and how do you manage them? Right. <clears throat> when I started off, I didn't do it very well um, because I was knocking in 20 hours a day. I was a lot younger then, to be fair. My wife thought I was totally crazy, um, but I just had this belief that I could make this work um, and just kept plugging away and plugging away. And it's only really, I would say, in the last 10, probably 15 years, maybe when my family have, have come along, that I've, I've wised up. 
a good mm. old Belfast expression, wised up. Yeah. Um, and if I was to look at, at balance now, and I think young people maybe have the balance a bit better than, than we yeah. did years ago. Yeah. Um, but family come first. Um, mm. I have my distractions. So I'm a very keen skier. I used to live in the Alps. Um, I've got my motorbike. So um, when, I, when I'm doing those two activities, the only thing I'm thinking about is uh, making sure that nothing happens to me and I stay in one piece. So yeah. you don't think about anything else. That clears the mind. It's a way to sort out mindfulness. Get on the skis and get on the motorbike. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not at the same time, though. Not at Preferably the same not. Time. <laughs> no, but, but you can you can do that now. Yeah. <laughs> there is a gadget. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing that I've got, uh, and, and this is this is for me, it's it's the photography, and that yeah. gives me quiet time and creates a lot of patience because you have to wait for that image to come. It's not about click, click, click. It's get your composition right, you know, get the right, um, you know, lighting, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that's good. And that also brings the creativity out, yeah. out, out in me. And there's, there's been a lot of learning with that. Yeah. Getting your hands close to the earth, I find, is fantastic. I'm a very keen gardener coming back into the creativity side of things. Mm. So I love pottering in the garden, tidying it up, getting it the way I want it, and then sitting down in the swing with a beer and admiring my, uh, my labor. Yeah, I have to say I like the second half of that bit. I don't like the first <laughs> bit. Don't don't like the first bit. I'm I'm not quite I'm not quite to that level of mindfulness where I'm willing to go into the garden and do it. I'm willing to enjoy the garden with a beer or a glass yeah. of wine, but no, I'm not. I'm not quite you, there. you just have a chat with your gardener, Jeff, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so the um, question number six is. Is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had had? Sorry, wish that you wish you had known starting out. Um, I think when entrepreneurs start out, because of limited resources, etc., they try and do everything themselves. Yeah. Uh, and I can remember when I started out, I, I was that person. You know, <clears throat> I hate I hate paperwork. I hate paper. Full stop. Yeah. In a business, I see that as. Uh, you know, um, wasteful, but I put my th myself through the pain of this. So my, my suggestion would be get a bookkeeper from day one. Even if you can't afford it, go without food. If you have to then start to build a team around you to do, to allow you basically to do what you're good at. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one of those members of the team has to be somebody to pick up the pieces, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it is. I spent a long time getting my team right and some have gone by the wayside and mm -hmm. some have gone and then come back. But it's it's having that it's having that ability to have trust in someone else can do that stuff. Absolutely. While you can do the stuff that you that I guess you were born to do or that you're naturally good at or whatever it is. I think yeah. it's going to be yeah. important. OK, so for the first for the first time in the show, we're going to add a new question. And um, and you are the guinea pig. Okay. Um, so number seven is um, how do you define success? What is your definition of success to you? Um, it probably comes uh, and links very strongly to my values. So mm -hmm. for me, my definition of success would be freedom mm -hmm. followed by choice. Okay. Okay. And for you with choice 
is that just the the choice to do and enjoy the things that you most that the, that you're passionate about, or is it just to have that flexibility? Uh, I think one of the things I come across a lot with business owners, especially SMEs, is mm. they're they're tied to the coal face. Yeah. So choice for me is I don't have to be in the office, mm-hmm. um, and I can take time away. Okay. Uh, so so that's one element of choice. Choice for me is is, is simple as 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 a child. I can remember being, uh, and this might sound really crazy, going around the supermarket with my mother and we didn't have enough money. So we had to go and put stuff back on the counter. So choice for me is walking into a supermarket and knowing I can buy absolutely anything I want without even thinking twice about it. Okay. Uh, So it it comes in many different guises, Mm. uh, but it it, it is that choice. It's not about buying loads of stuff. Uh, It's not about the material things in life. It's you wake up in the morning and you think, today I'm going to sit on the swing and think, or I'm going to go down to the office and I'm going to really get inspired about this element of our business that I want to focus on. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, I know know I like like that as well, that flexibility, because I Mm -hmm. love the fact of waking up and going, you know what? I'm not going to work in the office today. I'm just I'm I'm going to go and work on my book, or I'm going to go and do something. I'm just going to sit in a cafe and, yeah. and do it there. Yeah. And because I'm a nosy so-and-so, I love people watching. It's yes. amazing how many different things inspire me when I people watch. Yeah. And to be able to have that remove myself from that cubicle way of working, yeah. you know that you get indoctrinated into when you start working for big enough companies. That mm-hmm. it's that that flexibility is just so it's it's a it is freedom to some extent, yeah. Because it's just okay. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to take my laptop and I'm just going to work. Or I'm going to have the day off today. I'm be a bit uh, of a rebel. Walk along with, the beach or whatever yeah, with no yeah. guilt. <laughs> so, so Jeff, as you've put me in the spot with yeah. the definition of success, yeah. What would your definition of success be? My definition is to live um, a happy, fulfilled life where yeah. the kids um, are, have been taught v- strong values. Yes. Um, and, and I am a great example to them. That's my, that's my definition of success. But the caveat is that every, every opportunity I do has to be win-win. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I, don't, I don't hate whether it's someone who um, I don't want to benefit if someone else doesn't benefit. Yes, and I certainly don't want them to benefit and not me benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's an thing. But for me, ultimately, it's happiness and fulfillment. Yeah, if I'm, yeah. If, because ha- and I know happiness is such a global that global place. Mm. But I think is when you're happy, I'm secure. Yes, the, the family to the best of my ability are secure. I mean, there's there's only so much I can do before you know they have to take responsibility of their own yeah. actions and everything yeah. else. But I have to be fulfilled, and for me, the the major part of that is doing the work. Yes, because yeah. there is nothing more fulfilling than helping someone achieve something great. Oh no, um, no, it's lovely. Yeah, it, you know, and it, it it. I was just the other day. I was looking through test, you know, cards that I've been given off people and that sort of stuff, and I can look mm-hmm. and I go, Joe, you know, if I stopped today, yes. I would be a ridiculously happy man mm. in one aspect, but I'd be gutted I couldn't carry on. Yes, you know, yeah. and it, and it and so for me, it's that happiness, that fulfillment, and that win-win. 
Yeah, <laughs> feedback feedback is an amazing thing, Jeff, and I, oh. and I love seeing it when it yeah. comes through uh, for for the team, and I love it for yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, but it's such an important thing which we don't do enough of for others. No, uh, I, th- I do, and I think is is we we can be so consumed by our own pursuits, and you know, you know my story. This yeah. happened. This whole thing of becoming a coach and supporting people is, has wasn't well. Some people may not say it was an accident. It was meant to be, but it wasn't what I planned. Yes. Um, and thank God, in, in some ways, I got ill. Because if I hadn't have got ill, I wouldn't have realized that this was what I was put on this planet to do. Yes. And I don't care how corny that sounds. That, to me, is how strong I feel about what I do. Well, and that's I, your passion, and that, that, that comes yeah. through. Yeah. And, I mean, it, 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 it's, it, would, it would break my heart if I had to stop doing what I do. Because yeah. it's... Um, it is a, it is it is not a it is not a job. It is more like a calling or something that I was just mm-hmm. I breathe this stuff. Um, yeah, it, it takes it on to a different level, Jeff, doesn't it? Oh, it does, and it, 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 it's not. Um, you know, I know when I when I don't, if I've had a quiet period, there's mm-hmm. there's um, in the sense you know maybe I've been doing content creation rather than the work bit. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I just, there's, there's, it's like a, not an addiction isn't the right word, but it's almost like something is calling to me to go, do you know what? You just need to go and get your fix of helping someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's what it has to do. And I think is, is that, um, I think that's, for me, that's the important part. I want my kids to, to try and find that. You yes. know, I, I don't want yeah. them to go and do a job that they hate because yeah life is too short you know too, too many people do that already you do and you i mean sometimes you've got to do jobs that you don't like in the early mm-hmm. days um yeah. to to get your art to craft it to realize you know to get to find out bad bosses and good bosses to, to yes. do all of that that's that's part and parcel of life and you know we have to accept that but i think the biggest challenge that we have in our in society is people give either in too quick or mm-hmm. they don't they don't give themselves enough chance and enough challenges to go, do you know what? Balls, I'm gonna go for this. Yeah. Um that may mean that you have to do the job you don't like while it's trying to get it off the ground and everything yes. else, of course. But you know, sometimes I know some people don't like the saying you've got to jump off the cliff and build your wings on the way down. But <laughs> um and I, a very good friend of mine hates that phrase, but I love it. To me it resonates so much because you don't know what's going to happen, but I refuse. There's a saying, um, just to go aside, when there was a saying when I was ill, and I can't mm-hmm. remember where, the, the metaphor was the carrot, the egg, and the coffee bean. And yes. it's, an, it's an amazing um, story stroke metaphor. But there was a line in it that someone had added, and it was, you know, when we're born, we're the ones crying and everyone else around us is smiling. Yes. When we die, let us be the ones smiling and everyone else around us crying. Yeah. And to me, that just is so powerful. It gives me goosebumps mm. because that's that that realistically, that's how we should. We have no idea how long we've got. Absolutely. Yes. And I refuse for my kids to think that life is about the mundane. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be that point where I go, God, I wish I'd done that. Or I wish I'd done that. It was at least I can go, I've tried. Yes, exactly. And yeah. that's all it is. But yeah, yeah so sorry if we're getting meta. Well, well, well not at all, Jeff, because I, I talk to a lot of businesses about having a mission, purpose, and value set. Mm. Uh, 
I know we've spoken about this before, mm. but um, I also believe as individuals, we should have it as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And that's key. And from what you're saying is you, you've just defined what your purpose in life is. Mm. And, um, you know, that fits with that element of your definition of success. And I fully get that. Yeah. And if you think about it, that's how we used to do it. I mean, all right, the, the big houses, we had mottos. Yeah. You know, we had the crest of arms. It was something to stand to, stand proud to and go, this is it. Absolutely. You know, and um, the book I'm working on is 50 life lessons that I've learned. Um, Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the idea of that was initially to to write them out and give them to my kids when they're older. Right. And to say, look, these are my rules. You add to them. Yeah. And then you pass it on to your family and your kids Mm -hmm. and let that be, you know, the Nicholson life rule the rule book yeah um because for me it's just we 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 i think there's an element where we've lost stuff as our generations get more technology bound and everything Mm -hmm. else and we're losing the good old-fashioned value set yes and um you know the i think you know like the traditional what you know like um you know, uh, the, the, I can't remember what it's called, but I do remember what it's called. I, I do I love it is, uh, you know, the Marines in America say Semper Fi. Um, yes. Or the, 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 the SES is who dares wins. Yes. And I think it's by having those little mottos, in, you know, there's, a, there's something fueling you more. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I think there's an important element to that. And I think is, is you know, the, a lot of people may, you know, shun the, the, the people who share the quotes and everything. But quite often, the quotes spark something deeper. They do. And it's trying to work out what is it that yeah. sparks. Why does, why does that one particularly get you, <clears throat> yet that one doesn't? And that one, to me, may have more meaning. I mean, I, mm-hmm. carry, I carry poems in my journal. Um, right. You know, and, and, you know, there's the traditional one is If. I love that one. That's a family favorite. Mm-hmm. Another one is, um, I don't know whether you've seen the film, but it's from the act of valor. And it's from a, a chief Tecumseh. Um, right. It's a phenomenal, so I'm not going to read now because um, I also will be here all week. Um, <laughs> and I'll start sound like C-3PO. Or the <laughs> other one is Our Deepest Fears. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think is as if we can collect this information and read it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I just think you, you you can tap into this. No one knows the potential that they have. Yes, no, exactly. And it's by doing that we we can we can do that. So bringing it back, and sorry, I've taken um, that sort of time off, but all right, brings us to the lessons. So the um, question uh, eight now now is going to be. Pick a number between one and fifty, and you. I am going to share with you one of my life lessons. Okay. And then my number. Do you want my number now? Yes, please. Thirty-one. Thirty-one is positive people. Oh, hey! So, what a chance of that one. Um, <laughs> I'm sure some people think this is rigged, but it's not. Honest. Um, well, did you know why I picked thirty-one? Go on. It's my birthday. Ah, uh, you see, you see. So there must be ah. There's a connection there. There is. I thought it was your age. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so positive people. The the I think there's this thing is is when when I was getting when I was coming through my illness and getting better and starting to really look at this, it was it was it had hit me like a uh, like a ten ton train mm-hmm. that I had to really be careful of who I surrounded myself with. 
Right. Because as an entrepreneur or as someone who wants to do something different, you are always going to have someone that pulls you down. You're always going to have the person that says, oh, it's never going to work because they couldn't do it. Or you're going to have it, oh, it's a stupid idea or whatever it is. Um, And for me, the key thing is, is to, to, on a regular basis, to assess who are the, the key people in your life. And to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with positive people. Now, sometimes you don't get a choice. Sometimes family members aren't positive or sometimes your colleagues aren't necessarily positive. But if you can bring yourself to the majority of the time around positive people that want to support you, nurture you and and be there for you, that to me is one of the key elements of success. Absolutely. And as parents... We need to be looking out for that for our children because exactly the same applies. Um, I work with a charity that helps young people and we see the opposite of this and the effects that it has on society. And Mm. in fact, it's in every newspaper, you know, and every news report that we see every day. Mm. Um, And as parents, we have a big responsibility to help young people, you know, find those right people. Yeah. Yeah. Have the confidence to be around them. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it's just one of those things. Is I don't think people people just go th- sail through life and without really assessing what's going on. Yeah, and I think is is when you stop and you know you could probably go home and you could probably say to your partner, God Almighty, that that person went off on one again, or yeah. why is it whenever I have this idea, so and so keeps pulling me down? And mm-hmm. you know what? It might be difficult, but kick them out of your life as as much as you possibly can. Or just don't see them as much yeah. as you can. And you want to be around those people that inspire you and, and, and encourage you to be more. Absolutely. And when you, you've got a purpose and you've got a direction that you want to go in, find yeah. people who are ahead of that curve as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that will move you on even quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and don't and, and don't be don't be frightened to go and speak to them because they're if it's something that they're interested in i guarantee you they'll be impassioned to talk about it no no absolutely every successful person wants Mm. to support somebody else who's prepared to put the effort in yeah no absolutely absolutely brilliant honestly i mean i say this to all my guests and i i could say talk to you for hours we've done almost an hour already um so (laughs) could you share how people could find out more about your fantastic um, castle stuff and anything else that you want to share. How can people find out? And there will be some information on the show notes as well. Okie dokie. Well, the easiest thing to do is to type in uh, Celtic castles on a a browser and uh, we'll come up in the organic listings. Uh, or you can just type in Roger the Castleman, and hopefully that will bring up a form. And by all means, fill that in, drop me an email, and I'd be more than happy to liaise backwards and forwards. And if you need me on the telephone, there'll be a telephone number on the website as well. Fantastic. Roger, thanks very much. Sorry it's gone longer than our normal. Um, it's been a pleasure. Promised, but, no, it's um, been a pleasure. Yeah, and I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to arranging our next um, jaunt. I have got an amazing walk for us, and there is water involved in it as well. Fantastic. Excellent. You look after yourself, my friend, and take you care. Too. Yeah, thanks again. Bye-bye. So first of all, just let me say a huge thank you for tuning in or subscribing to the show. I'm very grateful for that. If you have any suggestions of topics that you would like to 
to suggest that we have on the show or perhaps you want to give me feedback of, uh, of what you think about the show then you can send any emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk I love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make the show better so if you want to find out more about me or how I can assist you to live the exceptional life then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter look for GN Coach or on all other social media sites I am Jeff Nicholson UK if you want to subscribe to the show you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher If you've also enjoyed the show, can I invite you to pop over to iTunes and give us a rate and review as it really does help make the podcast more visible to increase its audience. I look forward to speaking to you next week and I want to take this time to wish you the greatest success. Take care.